you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey there, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. It is I, DJ Impact. And we have these bad boy members, Matt Michaels, Simon Street, and Sin City Steve. We also have our special guest with us, Travis with us. And we got good topics for you all. Join the conversation with us. Make sure you put all of your information in the chat for Twitch or YouTube or Facebook Live, and we'll try to get it in as we see it, all right? So let's start with the very first count. It's time. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting present. One, two, three. Count talk. Count talk, baby. Here's our first one. Cody Rhodes calls leaving AEW, quote, the easiest thing I ever did. And this is from Inside ropes uh, wrestling.com or iprwrestling.com it just quickly reads like this that the new two-hour peacock documentary covering the life and career of wwe superstar cody Rhodes was released earlier this week and it covered his entire life and career in a thorough way that left viewers satisfied because they really got to know the real story of cody's life and one of the most revealing parts of the documentary was when they covered early 2022 when Cody's three-year contract with All Elite Wrestling expired and WWE swooped in to talk to the man that worked for them from 2006 to 2016. That led to Cody returning to WWE after a meeting with Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. Now, while discussing his WWE return, Cody Rose said this about the AEW departure. Quote, I can't tell you why I left AEW. I can't and I won't, but I tell you the reasons that were said that didn't actually matter. I didn't leave AEW because of money, and I didn't leave AEW because of other talent. I left AEW because of a personal issue. That's it. But the but the byproduct of leaving AEW is the opportunity to go for the biggest dream I ever had and the first dream that I had in my life. And what that personal issue, what that personal issue is remain unknown. But what we do know is that Cody's biggest dream is to become the WWE champion which is something he dreamed about seeing his legendary father, Dusty Rhodes, holding that title. And in the photo of Dusty holding the WWE title, it was after a count-out win, and Dusty never actually won the title. However, Cody plans to win it someday. And then just to follow up when it says, Cody Rhodes feel like it was easy for him to leave AEW. I guess in an interview with GQ, when Cody was asked if it was hard for him to leave, he said, well, no, it wasn't the easiest thing I ever did, and it's because I had... A, a personal issue that I wasn't going, that I was going, that, oh, hold on. Got an advertisement that popped up on my page. <laughs> that rarely never happens. <laughs> what kind of advertisement? Still does. Still does. Only fans accounts. Oh, <laughs> oh, stop it. Hold on, hold on. 
I really, you know what? I almost, let me you read. clicked on it, didn't you? You clicked on it. I didn't click on it. All right. Let me click. <laughs> was, was it was it sign up re- or log in? No, he clicked renew. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Gran- <laughs> granny trannies. Granny trannies. Oh, oh. God. Oh, oh God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to finish up, he says, no, it wasn't the easiest thing I ever did. And it's because I had a personal issue that I wasn't going through over or around. I was just going to steer clear of it. If anything, I wanted to look at what we had done in AEW and say, amazing. What a wonderful time, a beautiful memory in a special in a special way. And now it's time to move on. You know, all good things. And it's clearly was like that with me. So I mean it not in a negative way, like I was happy to burn rubber and speed out. But it just wasn't a decision that was difficult for me at all or Brandy. Um, so, oh, and it says in many of the uh, other interviews, Cody Rose has also revealed that he never wanted to leave WWE in the first place, but he felt like he had to do it at this point in his career. All right. Sin City Steve, this was your article. Uh, he left the company that you enjoy watching. What's your thoughts? So, obviously, there have been numerous reasons that have been circulating on the internet as to, you know, what might have been his motive for leaving AEW. And, you know, it, it, it really is interesting to see him go down the list of almost all of them. But there was one glaring thing that was never mentioned in all of this. Mm-hmm. He says that it wasn't because of money. He says it wasn't because of any other talents. I think the main reason why Cody left AEW was Tony Khan himself. No. I know. Shocking revelations across the board. Um, Now, realistically, Cody had to leave WWE the first time. Quite frankly, he would have been an enhancement talent mid-card, wouldn't really get any kind of an opportunity to do anything. Um, So he... Started from ground zero, worked on the indies, and he came out with that list, accomplished damn near everything on that list, and went back to WWE a million times more of a superstar, a legitimate superstar, not the, you know, not the buzzword that they say that everybody that has a WWE contract is a superstar. He legitimately is a superstar now. He wasn't before. So literally, this is just Cody quite frankly, doing the best thing for him and his family. And I have no issue with him making that jump. It's clearly been the right move for him to make. He was spinning his wheels in AEW, especially toward the end. Um, I'm sure that anybody that has enough time can go back and they can pull up the archives of our shows where we've talked about him and his character in AEW in those last few days, weeks, and months. And yeah, he was called out repeatedly for varying things. But at the end of the day, it, it all proves positive. It all was the yeah. right move for him to make. And it, it, it just shows that sometimes we all have a preset destiny, but how we get there is up to us. Boom. All right. Let me ask you, Simon street. What, um, what stood out to you in this, uh, this documentary? And you guys try to keep everything as short as possible if you can. Um, I would definitely say for me, um, I really found uh, a root of thinking with Cody Rhodes in this documentary based on betting on yourself. Um, I, too, in my personal and professional life, have bet on myself and walked away from a lot of money. 
and almost even though it wasn't in the same way people tried to box me they tried to box me into being something when i knew i was capable of so much more and from a professional professional standpoint and i could understand when he was expressing how you know he already knew in his head what he was do you see what i'm saying and he knew that he needed to walk away and i think that same mind frame had a lot to do with him leaving aew because he's able to see like okay this ain't gonna work you know what i mean now if it was tony khan he just knew it just wasn't gonna work and he wasn't gonna stick around to try and find out and waste more time and when you bet on yourself you tend to always look at i know where i need to be and i gotta get there and so like like i said i, I i'll finish with this that documentary was amazingly well done even how he went through the sand and picked up new things and it really helped illustrate um and i watched it with my fiance and it, it made sense like she could understand it she don't watch the product like that so yeah. kudos to them man michaels i want to know what you, uh, for you to tell me what stood out to you also but i want to ask you a quick question do you think the roadmap that cody took uh being that he believed in himself and said look i know i could be more but I need to step away and come back. Do you think that that is something that talent, other talent in in the in the in the uh, in the business will look at and go? But maybe I should do that and see if I can create that same sort of um, progress for me. Uh, I, I, you are seeing it in some cases. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Cardona is the biggest example of a person mm -hmm. who. Yeah. You know, he created his own path. Um, yeah. And quite frankly, if he would have stayed in the WWE, who fucking cares about Zack Ryder? So, <laughs> true. you know, I mean, it, it yeah, can exactly. happen. Um, I think that my my most... I vividly recall Travis being someone who did not think Cody Rhodes was a main event guy mm. back, back then. Mm -hmm. And I think that if Travis says something like that, that's a good kind of indication that that person is not on the right path. And you can't see that person hitting that pinnacle. Mm -hmm. And so what Cody did, um, he needed to do to have different eyes open up to what he could potentially become. And I don't think it was a predetermined destiny. I think he had to make his path because if it was predetermined destiny, it that's Roman fucking reigns. Vince just giving you everything. Here you go. I don't give a shit what the fans think. There you go. So I think he really had to fucking prove himself more than, you know, some of the other people who are second or third generation wrestlers. Yeah, I think so. You know, Travis, I watched the Atlanta show, uh, Raw, and Cody had came down right before he he got beat up heavily. But he he gave his uh, he gave his belt to uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the kids. It was actually a, a a little black girl. She got the belt, and I mean, she just almost started bawling and crying, and, and it almost made me kind of tear up a little. I'm like, oh my goodness, um, but what what? Is this, I mean, Cody has definitely redefined himself. What was, what was your take when you saw this uh, this documentary and where you see him at now? And even, you know, from what Matt said, you when you saw him back in the day, you didn't see him where he was at now. Um, 
surprisingly, I wasn't uh, a big. I, the, the documentary was good. Mm. I don't think it was their best. Mm. Um, my question is, if Cody wasn't an EVP and just an AEW talent, and then he came back to WWE, would he get this documentary? Mm. Um, is the documentary about a wrestler that they pulled or executive vice president that they pulled? And I think it's about an executive vice president that they pulled. Um, I kind of wish, I don't know who would have had the power, maybe Tony Khan. But I kind of wish Dustin was in there. Um, because, you know, uh, even last night after SummerSlam in the press conference, Cody mentioned, you know, Dustin and how he wish, wishes Dustin was around, you know, at certain points in the past year for him and you know it, it's weird doing a documentary on a Rhodes son and not having Dustin part of it you know so well, um, they're just they were just imitating their childhood uh you know Cody yeah and you know it's something we've spoken about recently of how you know there's just no pictures of them together as kids and you know families are you know obviously there are two different families but you know it's like where were like where was Dustin at some point like did he miss all the birthdays like what is there some like holidays like something you know um I think what should have really been focused on and I think that's a big and interesting part of Cody's life is the fact that his uh rival at a rival high school during his wrestling yeah. career is Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods, yeah. And I think that's a fucking interesting story, how these two kids were rivals at high schools in wrestling. And full circle, they're superstars in WWE right now. Yeah. You know, I think that's a very interesting story that I would love to hear more about, you know, um, and stuff like that. So, um, the easy road thing, you know, I mean, obviously, something has to be said to get clickbaits and you know mm. get the teaser you know promo and, and stuff like that and really when everyone watched the documentary last week when it came out what was the one thing everyone was talking about it wasn't cody rhodes it's what hunter said about AEW, right you know and that's the only thing tony khan responded to he didn't respond to anything cody said in there you know it was what hunter said so yeah you know it's it's one of those things where and you know, then there's certain people that they interviewed that I just think are clowns, and you know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I, I get why they interviewed them, but it's like, come on, dude, like you, there, there's more credible people you could have could have talked to. So not knocking the company or the team that put it together, uh, but you know, it wasn't. I, I've seen better documentaries on, from from the company. I wanted to add like 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 one one thing. Less than a minute, guys. Um, one thing that stood out to me toward the end of it, and we had talked about in a previous show about, you know, what they've done with the bloodline, right? And how it's a bigger story. Um, I look at this Cody Rhodes story and it really helped to paint a picture of, for me, in my mind, stands out when he does win the title. I immediately imagine him going to his father's grave with the title and putting it on his gravestone. And saying now they can't take it away. And, and and again, I'm saying that because the bigger story, and we ask why he didn't win, you know, all these different times, because that's a bigger story. And I don't know, that's all I want to add with regards to that. 
Tra- tra- I, mean, I, 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 I think I think that's true. You know, there, there's something like that, and you know, when, but when we when there's things like that, you wonder if it's done. And I'm not taking it. This is not directed at Cody at all. But are things done? Are things like that done for from the heart or for the footage? Yeah, I think it's know. both. I think it's both. So you know, it's it's. But we'll find out. You know, just like when you know Dominic's going to win the uh, World Heavyweight Title one day or the NXT title, he's going to go to his father's grave, Eddie Guerrero, and and um, <laughs> uh, with mommy. <laughs> never mind. I think Impact was looking at some of mommy's pictures earlier on. That's where they little thing. Oh, did you up. see the thirst trap pictures? That's a whole nother show. We got to talk about that. Well, they popped up and he had to close the tab real quick. So obviously he saw. Get it on. Mommy's, hey, mommy's hey, booty, hey, man. Travis, Travis was uh, was one of your uh, cities in uh, the LA area, Laguna. Maybe that was uh, something that had to do with uh, the. Uh, <clears throat> the thing being not reputable and kind of stupid laguna i'm lost on this one (laughs) Uh i've had a i've had an 11 hour work day and i got a red eye flight in a couple hours i'm lost on that one Uh, i'm just i'm just i'm just hinting at names uh that made oh 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 oh. yeah Yeah. uh You know the, the funny part is um, there is a con that that kind of lives near Laguna. <laughs> Not going to say which one, but there 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 is, or it actually has a home. I don't know if they currently live there, but yeah. property down there. All right, we got to go into count two, which is Biggie advised by doctors to never wrestle again and says he wants to live a happy and pain free life. This is from wrestling headlines.com this is very uh short and to the point it just says that the wwe superstar former world champion participated in the media rounds happening in detroit ahead of ahead of SummerSlam premium live event and nick hosman from house of uh wrestling acts the new day member when fans might be able to see him in the ring again after suffering a serious neck injury back in 2022 one that has kept him on, on the shelf since and biggie uh, tells uh, Hausman that he's been advised by doctors to never wrestle again for his own safety and that he is unsure what his future will hold. He adds that he may be interested in doing color commentary for WWE, but at this time, no plans have been made. And of course, if you forgot that Biggie suffered a broken neck on March episode of SmackDown when Rich Holland was attempting to give Biggie a belly to belly suplex, but the former world champion landed directly on his head and fractured his C1 and C6 vertebrae. All right, uh, Simon Street, this was your article. What's your take hearing the news of what Biggie said? Well, you know, I, I kind of wonder is that a hundred percent? final because uh, it is a serious injury first and foremost um, I do I did have some people in, in, in my life that suffered a C1, C2 and it, it's it's very, sim- it's very similar to what a C1, C6 in a lot of ways um, and some of the things that can include is inability to breathe independently, inability impaired to speak um, loss of bowel and bladder functioning you know, sensations and stuff. So it is very serious. So it's not something that's light and trivial. Yeah. Um, so 
And what made me want to present this article, honestly, is because I think it was about a month and a half ago. I had thought, like, man, haven't heard anything with Big E at all. I've seen him on a whole bunch of commercials, seen him a whole bunch of backstage stuff with WWE, but I haven't heard anything. And so it leads me to wonder something's coming up with you probably in the next three months, four months, right? Uh, it's kind of scary. You know, it's kind of scary, but at the end of the day, it leaves me with a lot of questions. A lot of questions. And uh, are we going to get a lot of those questions in the next couple of coming months? Are we going to see if like this report really is uh, 100% finite? Like, okay, your doctor suggests a lot of things. Doctor suggests a lot of things for uh, Soraya. Doctor suggested a lot of things for Edge. Doctor suggested a lot of things for a lot of people. So, um, you know, I kind of wonder how much of this will be it. And we'll, we'll see in time. So, you know, I thought it was something good to kind of talk about, you know, because okay. I miss Biggie. No doubt, no doubt. Let me go and jump over to you, Matt Michaels. Uh, you know, if the, if the if the doctor orders is saying, "Hey, man, you shouldn't wrestle again," should that really be uh, should that really be considered, or should he really be trying to figure a way to not follow the doctor? Well, I mean, uh, the truth of the matter is, is if the doctor says he can't wrestle again, he can't wrestle. I mean, he has to be medically cleared. That's so. right. So, I mean, that's that's the thing. Um, I think it, it just comes down to a matter of uh, he's starting to get a little more exposure out there. Um, they just aired the Family Feud episode with uh, the New Day and Dolph Ziggler and Seth on a team against the, uh, the females. Um, and I think, you know, you're anytime in wrestling that you start getting more exposure it means that something is about to happen with your presence. So I don't know if he's, you know, going to be wrestling right away again, but I would assume that this means that he's going to be active in some manner. Yeah. Sin City Steve, uh, what's your what's your thoughts, man? I mean, all of us are, are Big E fans, but none of us want us to see him to uh, permanently somehow – truly in his uh, career by making a choice to come back. Uh, you think it's a smart move? So I think that ultimately something that is uh, needs to be looked at is quite frankly, just how huge of a personality that Big E has. Uh, he is very, very fortunate to have a larger than life persona um, because if he is not able to come back to the ring, he has a career for life, quite frankly, mm -hmm. with WWE. There's there's no one that's on this panel that you know could could convince me otherwise. He will be a color commentator for WWE programming if he can't come back to the ring. Um, he has shown it repeatedly, uh, just how 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 boisterous he is, how how much of a character he actually has, mm -hmm. and he could have a lot of fun with it. Um, quite frankly. The shows that he's been on, Michaels, you hit the nail on the head again. Um, whenever we start to see, you know, the 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 characters out there in the real world, then they have something in store. Um, the thing that really stands out to me is, yes, they just changed the commentary teams. So Raw is, uh, I believe, they're going to be having a, a two-man booth now. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in theory, there's a spot there 
And quite frankly, you could even throw Big E onto that raw commentary team. Yeah. And he could make an he could make an impact just peppering in things uh with the two with the two man booth that they have right there yeah. and then work him into that role and it would be a great a great marriage for sure. Absolutely. Hey Travis, uh, I'm just gonna read the uh the message here that John, one of our uh great friends and uh listener to the show typed. He said the tricky thing about the biggie injury is that anything with the neck or spine, one slip in his paralysis. I have three bulging discs in my neck and a disc tear in my back. And I always have numbness in my hands and arms when I wake up. It's scary. I know you barely know a little bit more information than we probably know, but what's your take on Big E? Uh, you know, if even if he is coming back, well, I mean, do you, would you have any concerns about uh, this? Um, no more concerns than I would have with anyone else. Okay. Because it's not like it's it's some uh, random quack doctor, you know, that's mm -hmm. going to clear him and stuff like that. You know, he's, he's going to have to go through a lot. And, you know, it may take years to get approved but you no know, we've learned from from edge and daniel bryan and and soraya that it, it just whatever it may take however long it, however long it may take that the possibility coming back is always there you know so um what he could do in the meantime i know a lot of people are saying commentary um i'm thinking maybe even a manager for the new day uh mm -hmm. He could do enough to at least throw punches and not take bumps, but you know maybe a a you know new day is going to have to come back under something different. You know I don't think they can come back. You know the happy go lucky new day. So maybe I would say maybe a hill new day, but we I think we have to first see where Lashley and the Street Profits and possibly Bianca maybe going first before we can start talking about a hill new day. Um, so we'll see, but. You know injuries. You know injuries are are always scary, and and it's it's. Uh, I mean, we can look at uh, you know uh, Thunder Rosa and and so forth. You know, I can probably say that I don't think she, she'll ever be a hundred percent, but she will be coming back. But at a hundred percent, I don't think so. Um, and there's other people. So what what would Biggie do? You know, I I was. Honestly, like he, he has the personality, so obviously it would be on, on camera, whatever he may be doing, whether it's manager or commentator or so forth like that. I know a lot of people, they say Raw, SmackDown, but I'm going to say NXT, you know, um, former NXT champ. And I think whether it's a three-man with Booker and Vic or, you know, Booker leaves to do whatever and biggie fills in for that you know that's in, and that would be less travel for him since he lives in tampa and you know it's just a 90 minute drive to orlando each week so i would i would say nxt if if anything and it adds that superstar name to nxt each week since that seems to be the trick for the for the past few weeks or months that could pop nxt ratings so um, yeah, I think he will come back. I, I think we all can agree he'll come back to some extent on camera, unlike uh, a name that we have not thrown out there yet, uh, Jason Jordan, who had a yeah. neck injury and is still employee for life, um, whatever for life may be in WWE. But as a producer, um, I don't see Big E taking that role. I see him more of an on-camera um, 
more on camera than Titus O'Neil, um, but you know something, something maybe equivalent to a lot of things Titus does. Uh, but he'll, he'll be back. He'll be backstage, and he'll be the one with the microphone going. It's time for the main event. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess That's at funny. this time. <laughs> All right. Let's move over into our third count. Does that sum it up right there? Ufisto. All right. That sounds more like a move, less of a person. <laughs> Probably one of those tabs he had open. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Fisting? Is that what you said? Oh, God. Luf Lufisto! <laughs> it's the so, Italian way of saying fisting. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, this is from WrestlingHeadlines.com, and it's also from uh, PWPonderings.com. So there's, uh, there's two here. Um, and I'm sure it's from... Uh, Twitter, or as what is it called now? As Booker T would ask, X. 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 <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> it seems like the AEW World Champion MJF has seemingly responded to the claims of the women's wrestling pioneer Lufisto, who was once apparently considered for a coaching spot in AEW and has wrestled uh, one match for the company as she teamed with the Bunny and. That what Emmy Sakura for a loss to Ruby Soho, Sky Blue, and Anna J at the April 6, 2022 elevation tapings in Boston. She took to Twitter this past week and joined in the discussion that followed a quote, book the women's division better, end quote, sign on AEW Dynamite. Quote, she says, It's cute how people blame booking for a bad women's division, talent with too much power, talent denigrating each other talent trash talking potential employees so they never get in as soon as they walk in it starts here the one you call effing french canadian asshole end quote she wrote now lufisto uh then spoke with fightful and clarified that tweet while also detailing her aew experience quote i don't know where to start but it's really something that has been bothering me for a while she said it's been over a year that i had the, that dark match at aew there are so many things that happened at night, things that I heard from other women that are working there and had tryouts there that were extras, as well as men who are currently employed. Of course, I know people want names and everything, but I'm, I'm willing to give the names of people involved in my story. But of course, if anybody that confided in me in something, I can share the story out of respect, but I'm not going to share the name of someone who doesn't want to lose their job or is looking for a job. They trusted me enough to say, you can tell it, but not the name. So I, I'm not going to do it. And then she got into where it started. Now, on this other article, it said that um, she pulled herself off events of the upcoming of, of the upcoming weekend. And this is according to Fightful.com, where she made claims about the AEW locker room being toxic. In the interview, the 25-year-plus Canadian veteran talked about her experience backstage during the AEW dark taping Back in April last year, clarifying the tweet she had previously made about a locker room being toxic. But from her experience during the taping, she felt as if the women's locker room was hostile towards her. And this has become the subject of controversy this past week, causing the AEW locker room to speak out against it. AEW world champion MJF, as well as Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Renee Baquette, Ruby Soho, Soraya, and Taya Valkyrie 
all took to Twitter to defend the company's uh, locker room. So let me come over to you, Mr. Travis here. What is going on? I mean, X Twitter, I don't know what to call it. Uh, let me just say, before you jump in here, I want to just finish. They, they said that she, once again, let me go here, um, that she has removed her Twitter account. So now that's been gone. That's been deleted. She's withdrawn from all upcoming uh, wrestling events. That is happening. What is what is really going on here, man? It seems like there's a lot happening, and uh, I'm not sure if it should be. Um, yeah. I think uh, I think maybe uh, someone may want to check in on her. Uh, you know, there there just could be something beyond wrestling. Um, it may be, you know, I, I don't want to use the term freely, but there may be mental health issues um, just to come out of nowhere with the attack. Uh, not saying she's wrong because, uh, yeah, um, probably 100% right, or at least 99.9% right. But, you know, it, it was funny, you know, uh, the same week that someone called that company secondary and then this happens 24 hours before WWE runs SummerSlam. So you got WWE just on a high on ESPN, on, on all, all these shows, Good Morning America, promoting the second biggest show of the year. And then you have uh, this other company who's trying to uh, clear up this PR nightmare on X and so forth. So um, it was very interesting, yeah. uh, very interesting. Uh, the people who tweet it in defense uh, of the company. I didn't know uh, certain uh, backstage interview girls, women, uh, were <laughs> were involved in any of this that to, to speak up. Uh, it was very interesting how all the tweets all came within one hour. Um, hey, you know, I, I know how that works when, you know, hey, tickets are about to go on sale. We need to tell the talent to start tweeting. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it was one of those things where uh, it was very, very um, interesting. So it's it's uh, it was a bad look, but at the same time, I think it's something. Forget your talent. You as an owner, a promoter, whatever you want to call yourself, everyone's BFF, you know, whatever you want to call yourself, Mr. Montana, whatever. Um, you love to you love to hang out on Twitter. Don't send your champions out there to defend your company. Don't send your interview women out there to to defend your company. Get your ass out there and say, hey, you know what? We have an issue with the talent. I'm going to handle this personally. I'm going to give her a call and we're going to discuss what's going on because yeah. it's been made public, and that's all I'm going to say publicly because when I'm calling her, it's going to be a private issue from that point on. Um, having your talent go out there. And, and and defend your company. I mean, how many people have have done extra work for WWE and just like ah oh, fuck this place or whatever, and and may have gone to Twitter or something, and you don't see Seth Rollins or Rhea Ripley going out there and say oh they're like who 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 what when where huh do you get free food and catering and shut shut up <laughs> you know so um 
Yeah, it's it, it was very interesting, but you know, I mean, is there anything she said that's that's not true? Mm -hmm. uh, someone had a someone made a great quote to me the uh, earlier this morning it was like, so many talent went out there to defend how great the locker room is, but the reality show is all based about how bad the locker room is. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm serious. The reality yeah. show is based a, a lot about Brit bearing Rosa and how, you know, the negativity of, of all that. But yet the tweets were like, oh, this is a great locker room. So, yeah. you know, it was kind of kind of hilarious. But let me you know, uh, jump over. You know, 93,175 people going to London. I mean, what else can we uh, expect? Let me jump over to you, um, Sin City Steve. Uh, and I hope it rains on that day. I mean, never mind. I'm just, I said that out loud. <laughs> you would. <laughs> Sin City, I want to get your thoughts on this, man. As our, our AW guy, what's your take on when you read all of this that took place? This is bullshit high school drama that exists in virtually every single workplace. Hmm. Uh, the Just from reading everything and reading through the I, i'm quite frankly impact i'm glad that you didn't have a uh you know the copy that i saw of the interview with lufisto because oh. you know we always make the joke about you having to read a lot well sure. dude oh my god like it, 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 yeah. there was a lot of shit there like she went she went scorched earth on aew and the aew women's locker room so and yeah, i saw she she called out uh, Dustin Rhodes, which I guess he yes. he responded back to her as well. Um, yeah, it's a, yeah, it was a yeah. lot going on. But continue. So, on. so from from everything that I saw, it looked like as if she had some sort of an issue with Ruby Soho and with Dustin Rhodes. Mm -hmm. um, from from there, I mean, it's virtually it is what it is. Um, she supposedly had some sort of a you know run in to QT Marshall. And, uh, you know, whatever he told her to go try to talk to Tony, um, which I guess is what's kind of started this wild goose chase and just fuckery that happened. Yeah. Um, but dude, this exists in every single business on the planet. Every single, every single workplace has clicks. Every single workplace is going to have people that, you know, they're just not in the main group. That's just unfortunately the way that it is. We don't need to necessarily hear this. And also, just to clarify, that that All Access show wasn't just Brit talking shit about Rosa. It was everyone else on the show talking shit about Rosa. So mm -hmm. I think that I think that there, you know, there are definitely issues between certain people. But at the end of the day, this is a fucking wrestling show. I don't personally. I don't give a shit if they get along or not. All that I care about is what I see on TV. And Simon Street, there was a, a sign of somebody, uh, I guess, on Dynamite that was that said something to the idea of fix the women's division, which is kind of what kind of, you know, got this going as well. Listen, we've sat many times and talked about the women's division at, uh, at AAW. Um, I don't know. What's your take? Do you think maybe she has a, a, a point of... of why she seems to be uh, upset and just going uh, scorch earth or, or you think just is just um, she's just overdoing it. 
I think it's, you know, for me, I, I, I kind of laugh at it because, you know, when you look at the methodology of, you know, pro wrestling, um, if somebody is having a match and they're, they're fraying at their knee and you're going against a heel character, what does a heel character do? They focus in on the knee. Well, because you presented it and you're exposed. This is what I talked about a long time ago. The down Unless it's AEW, they'll focus on this something. Never mind. <laughs> I know where you're going with that. They don't have a performance is, center. This is what I've been talking about for so long, where my deepest criticism against AEW. You have presented to the business world where your wound is. And you're going to get people like this, whether her, her claims are substantiated or not, they're going to go for this because this is something from a you know, uh, executive level, you have not cured. I saw a whole bunch of people, MJF, um, what's the, damn, I can't think of her name, short hair, always never going to be on top. What's her name? Come on, Sin City, help me out. Ruby Soho. Probably. Ruby Soho, thank you. Um, yeah. You know, having them come out and defending the company, I get that. But what that showed me is no company structure. You talked about WWE and you don't have that stuff because WWE already put that in the structure. When shit happens on a certain level, we handle that. We have a meeting, I'm sure most likely saying no one's going to be releasing statements until they have been told that they can do so. This is where I'm really hard with Tony Khan in AEW. And y'all know, fellas, I've talked about it before. And this is why I said the words. You operate like a bitch. And that's why I said it. Because if you care about your company... You also got to think of two parts. You, you got to care about your talent, but you also have to care about the structure. This situation is going to continue to happen. Whether or not she's right or wrong, it's going to continue to happen because Tony is not putting stock into making sure that what's the protocol when we have somebody that, that, that you know, has these egregious claims and, and, you know, needs to add, you know, what is our advocate process for the company? Do you see what I'm saying? And they don't have that. And so that's where we're here now. As far as the women's division, you know, that's something that I think it's two parts. Some people over, over, uh, you know, socialize how bad the women's division is. It's not that it's bad. It's just that there's no direction yet. They got some decent talent, and I'm going to say decent, but there's no direction. You see what I'm saying? This is my opinion. I don't know if Sin City agrees or whatnot. Sometimes there's some great, great, great moments, but there's no real cohesive direction. And we've never seen that since AEW's come around with regards to the women's division. So that sign definitely, clearly has some synonymous truth to it. Definitely. So I think I answered all your questions that you posed to me. In fact, I think. <laughs> well, there you go, man. Um, let me jump over to you, Matt Michaels. I, it was it's interesting because I, I, I see that uh, another line in another uh, website here that is says that it's been alleged that there are wrestlers who believe that AEW CEO Tony Khan quote, doesn't give a damn about women's wrestling. So, end quote, was the was, was that. So that's very interesting that that's the thought of uh, of maybe why we see what we see. Apparently, uh, Lufisto believes also there's a lot of good talent over there, but apparently they're, in, I guess, in her mind, the process of, uh, of trashing her. When you started reading and hearing about all of this, what is your take about what's happening here? Um, I, I would, I would think that, I don't know if it's that Tony Khan doesn't care about women's wrestling, right? I would venture to say that Tony Khan 
knows nothing about booking women's wrestling. And you see uh, it being reflected in, in the product. Um, I also think that the people who are in his ear are the people closest to him, like Britt Baker. So you're going to get, you know, you're going to continue to get that high school locker room feel, that click feel and stuff when the talent is close to the ownership. It's very simple. And we all know that Tony uh, seems to be a very socially awkward person. Um, you know, it's, it's, again, I've said this before, the NFL is structured. The Jaguars are run a certain way because the NFL has to be run that way. And if you don't, you're going to get yourself in trouble and you're going to get fines and, you know, shit's going to happen. You're going to be forced to sell the team. Here, he can do whatever he wants. It is literally his own fantasy wrestling league. Um, so, uh, you know, let's face it. Um, he bought in, uh, uh, what's her face? Um, was it Madison Rain? Madison Rain. So, what's going on with her? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the thing. Um, also, you can, you know, Again, Taya and Britt had a match that was not good. But both people, you know, should have been able to at least present a match that was decent enough to be on the main product. Especially when you have someone like Ember Moon, who is doing a great job with Ring of Honor, right? So why is she not on your main program? See what I'm saying? Like, there are things, you know, Ty has been buried for no fucking reason since she started. There are things that just make no sense. And the question is, is it Tony Khan just himself not knowing what he's doing? Or are there other women who are whispering in his ear, this is what should happen, that's what should happen. Um, tell me what's going on with Soraya, Ruby, and Tony. I don't get it. That that threesome should be the most over fucking thing in the women's division right now and why it's almost the most ignored thing i have no fucking clue it just feels weird um and again like uh you know uh Shida winning the the belt there was no fucking buildup. there was no reason for her to win that title from tony especially if that's supposed to be your three baddies you know, who are a very NWO DX type, they shouldn't be losing the fucking title. So there's so much going on there. And then you add the fact that Lou Fisto is a 25 year vet. So for her to be speaking out, it's a whole nother thing in terms of you just really just excluded yourself from a lot of potential future bookings too so there's just a lot to unpack there man yeah i mean who knows maybe she'll get a job as a coach in uh orlando now you know <laughs> i mean realistically you know i mean 25 year vet and spoke out about the the, the opposition you know i mean I've, I've seen crazier things happen um i but 
you, I think you said it best. I don't think Tony doesn't n know how um, to promote women. I think he, I think he doesn't know how to book the women's division. Um, if you say what's his biggest female rivalry for the title, I think everyone's going to say Britain Rosa. You know, because in a way, it was kind of booked great, where matches happened and then the title changed in san antonio in her hometown but that's where it stopped because the next week as champ she had 10 seconds of airtime and then they realized they fucked up so the following week they gave her the, the proper airtime and then when she had to drop the belt it was in a backstage segment for 15 seconds so it was like up until that day of march 16th 2022 he knew how to book thunder rosa and then after that, it was just like, oh, I don't know what to do. And, you know, so, and I think Britt Baker may be the only person he knows how to book. Because I will not be surprised where I could honestly see Roddy turning on Adam Cole. And then eventually you bring in their wives for mixed tags. And who's one of the wives? Britt Baker. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you would have Roddy and Marina against Adam and Britt, you know, or girlfriend and, and so Britt, so. you know, Britt has his ear because she's been around since the beginning. And well, I mean, we'll, 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 who was who was the reality show based around? Yeah, yeah that too. Yeah, I mean, let, let's but, just be honest. Let's just be honest. You know, who was who was the reality show based around? Who got the most? Who got the most uh, uh, commercial and promo time and 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 promotional you know media aspects of the show? Uh, you know, let's 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 be honest here. Who got booted off of Dynamite and who got kept on Dynamite? Yeah. Thunder Rose is on Collision, you know, yep. and Britt's on Dynamite. And the weird thing about it is Thunder got booted off of Dynamite, not even as a talent. Like, she's been doing commentary and they took her off of commentary and threw her on to Collision. Like, and this is a commentary team where you have to press a button on your TV to even hear her. Most people don't even know she's back. Realistic. No, no, no. It's, it's, I'm, I'm serious. Most people don't even know she's back unless you're in the arena and you happen to see her at the commentary table. And they took her off. How do you take someone away from commentary and just stick them to one show? You know? Well, I mean, CM Punk, Punk has at least been, I mean, he's been on Dynamite only once, but at least he's been on both shows. She's regulated to only one show. So it's it's you know I mean we we all see who who the the, the golden child is over there and whatever it, it works you know but it's uh I it's um it's 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 interesting um but can I I wanted to kind of add to that because because I just I just hope that no I just hope that uh you know maybe Cora Jade's next uh, gimmick can be that she doesn't get along with the backstage NXT roster. Just as a uh, well, she already does shot, that now. <laughs> a, she, a, shot at, a shot at a shot at what's going on, on on Twitter the past week. She could say, "Oh, I've been on Twitter, and all these females back here on NXT are talking about me. I can't handle it." But I think I I think the one thing that I wanted to say, the reason why I'm so hard on AEW, is because I get it. When you're doing any business, right, you're going to make mistakes. Right. You, you, you're not going to be dialed in like other pre-existing companies. But here's the thing. Tony Khan has people that he knows 
that run NFL teams. So there's a little bit of that trickle down of the way things should be run. This shouldn't get to this level. You, you get what I'm saying? So that's why I'm so critical of it. It'd be different if he was like, you know, some other people who run some stuff and they made their mistakes and they learned along the way because they didn't have the resources and the tutelage that they had. You, you get but what I'm saying? You- even even with booking, and, 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 I, and I'm not going to go too deep in that because I'm not an expert on that and I'm not going to pretend on this show to be one. But I would say if, let's say, Vegas Bad Boys decided to do a show, we had the financing, I sure as hell would be looking at y'all and be like, look, we need to get somebody in who knows how to do booking. Because it doesn't mean I don't love y'all, but do any of us know how to book? I'm just saying, to do a quality job, you bring but, people but in when, who the fuck they're doing. But when you say the NFL, and we all obviously know his his ties in with the NFL and how things should really be ran, because, you know, but NFL has practice days. And I'm sure one of those practice days or maybe an hour or two of social media training. There is no practice day for AEW. Yeah. You know, NXT has social media training because sure the fuck do. they're there <laughs> five days a week. So yeah. there, there is no practice day. What do you do? Your call time at the arena is 1 p.m. Showtime's 5 p.m. When, when do we fit in social media training during this day? Because everyone has to run through their matches or shoot pre-tapes and stuff like that. You know, there there is no day that he he has set for that. And it's showing. It, it, it's showing a lot, you know. And but uh, go back to the, the the booking aspect of before the the time cuts for SummerSlam, there were four women's matches on that show. I, I don't know if Tony has ever had four women's matches on any show, from a pay per view to television. And WWE was going to present four matches in one night. You know, obviously time cuts, you know, cause situations. And I think, you know, there's one person that's actually injured so that, you know, that caused something for one match. But the fact that the original card had four matches on in one night, you know, mm-hmm. and Tony, he has the talent where he could book four matches. So, but, you know, there, there, there's just a lot to figure out for him as far as that. And I think one of the biggest things, you know, I joke, but I, I think at this point, uh, I, I, I've been joking with people. I'm saying, like, I think Thunder Rosa may be the needle mover, you know, for something if it's if a return is done right. But at the same point, you know, while you have to consider Rosa and you have to consider Britt on Wednesdays, I think probably one of the biggest questions is, are is he getting Jade back? You know, because if she's in that mindset of, I don't need wrestling anymore, that, that could be a big blow to him. Yeah. She's on the beach well, in uh, Egypt right now. Well, since, think, I'm not going to let DJ I'm not going to let DJ Impact in the show without saying I've realized the entrance of this show is just as long as Roman Reigns' entrance at SummerSlam last night. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was that was a full five fucking minutes, yeah. man. Don't even five. don't even try to wow. revisit history. Steve is being generous because five minutes is his uh, is his SmackDown entrance. <laughs> I think he clocked in around twelve minutes last night. Hey, it wouldn't hey, surprise Travis, me, man. I'll let you in a little secret. Do you want to know why our entrance is that long? Because a lot of the times, that's when we get to you quickly use the restroom and get a last couple of things of fixing. So you know, just a little production secret. <laughs> well, I'm really, I'm I, really just joking. I don't know why it's that long. 
Well, we're at 58 minutes and, and 15 seconds. I'm trying to stretch it out to even one hour. He's already trying to ring the bell. This ain't the, this ain't the MMA match. I'm not Ronda Rousey tapping out right now. So I'm going you another, like. I'm on, going another on. 90 seconds to stretch this show out to one minute, to one hour. You're going to get the talk because everyone's going to get their final thoughts. He's going to make his oh, way okay. to the hour. Let me, let's get to that right now. Uh, Simon Street, what do you want to tell the folks out there? First of all, I want to thank DJ Impact because he really puts a lot of artistry into what he does. When he rings that bell, he's pushing a button, but he actually looks like he's hitting a bell. So I appreciate you going the extra mile to make it seem like you was really hitting a bell. Okay. Besides that, y'all, I just want to say real quick, thank y'all for tuning in to us, man. I mean, this is what we do every Sunday, practically. We love our banter. We love our opinions. We love people to tune in in the, in the chat. And, and you know come join us right we don't care come as you is right if you crazy you crazy if you cool you cool if you conservative you conservative if you hate wrestling shit come on here and talk about how much you hate wrestling we love to hear you and we love to exchange in the banter in the fun thank y'all all right nice this is steve awesome thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight thank you for liking sharing subscribing doing all the stuff that you guys do we appreciate each and every one of you also, a very special thank you and shout out to all the brave men and women serving this country. Whether you're doing it on lands, foreign or domestic, thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. Last but not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code VEGAS at checkout and save yourself 15%. Matt Michaels. Uh, yeah, uh, R-I-P, uh, Exotic Adrian Street. No doubt. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, and then, Travis, final words, man. I mean, come on. R.P. Pee Herman. You can't forget the, mm -hmm. the, the the great, you know, promo with him and The Rock backstage. And I think he was at WrestleMania. And, and did he host Raw or something? Yeah, something. But, you know. He, he hosts Raw. Yeah. He was one of the yeah. celebrity hosts. Yeah. So, um, I totally blanked on what I was going to say. Uh, hey, so since I'm off to the great land of lakes of Minnesota, hey, uh, hopefully uh, Brock Lesnar picks me up on a moose. Um, uh, all, I can say, all I can say about this week is make sure you watch Shayna's uh, Instagram this Tuesday. Keep your eye on that. It's going to be very uh, entertaining. Spoiler alert, as they would say. Otherwise, uh, yeah, that is uh, it. Nothing else to say. Um, I don't think so. I forget. I don't know. It's been a long day, people. A long day. <laughs> Trying to give you the energy, but I don't know if I could do it anymore today. All right, now, Mary. are you actually driving or are you pulled over? No, I'm, I'm sitting in my car. Um, okay. Just uh, about to head to the airport right now. So, Safe travels. Definitely. All right, so hold hold on, Travis. As I end the show, I want to thank everybody for. Oh, real quick before I I, I, I remember, <laughs> I got the I got the overrun going now. I'll get you the extra uh, two minute ratings points. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. So since uh since the 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 summer is about to end, well, not, not really, not in Vegas. Well, what's going on in Vegas? You know, they keep the planes out on the tarmac for three hours, and and then people are getting like the heat stroke. And I hope they had some cookies on that plane. Can't say the airline, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be uh, headed to Vegas soon after the after the September holiday, and I want to take all you guys out to lunch to the five star meal or dinner. 
of Cracker Barrel. Uh, it's on me, uh, so we'll, we'll coordinate that. I'm sure Steve is going to go to Chicago for all that little uh, hoopla out there at the end of August. So we, once we get back, once he gets back from his trip and all that, uh, we'll, we'll plan a day. And once these Vegas hotels realize that $250 is not a suitable rate on a random Tuesday. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Is there free parking out there yet? I don't know, but yes, yeah, no, so, they're uh, taking away parking. You about to lose yeah. all the free parking, bro? Oh well. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll, we'll plan that when uh, once uh, after the uh, the the holiday uh, in was it late August or whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out in September. All right, Ooh. all right, y'all. Cracker Barrel. Vegas bad boys are podcasting.